Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 29. Then Jesus said, This is what God's kingdom is like. It's as though someone scatters seed on the ground, then sleeps and wakes night and day. The seed sprouts and grows, but the farmer doesn't know how. The earth produces crops all by itself, first the stock, then the head, then the full head of grain. Whenever the crop is ready, the farmer goes out to cut the grain, because it's harvest time. It's the word of the Lord. So we are starting a new series to kick off our fall, and it's the parables of Jesus. So we're going to go through the parables of Jesus, not exhaustively, but um, the good ones. The ones that I, I pick. Um, actually, I'm going down a list in Wikipedia. Um, the order that Wikipedia gives it. Before I, I get into the passage, this next picture is a picture of... Anyone? 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 A bee. No, it's not a bee. It looks like a bee. It's their common, everyday fruit fly. And if you're in Seattle and you've been in gone through this summer and you, um, you know, you have yard waste, you have food and yard waste, um, you'll no doubt have opened up your yard waste and, and you have food in there, you have fruit in there, and a swarm of fruit flies will just, right? Um, so at our house this summer we had a fruit fly epidemic. And uh, so this is the common fruit fly. It's small. It's obscure, it's non-threatening, uh, until they fly around in your view, right? You're on your laptop, or you're, on your, uh, you're watching TV, you're watching the Seahawks, and one of them, just out of your periphery, just kind of buzzes around, right? Flies. And to me, it's, even though it's really small and minuscule, it's annoying, it's a nuisance, right? This little fruit fly. And so you start swiping at it, swiping at it, swiping at it, and it, you just can't get it. They're too fast. They're elusive. Um, and they keep coming back over and over again. Um, and where you see one fruit fly, within hours or within half a day, you'll see hundreds, right? Or even thousands. And all of a sudden, you have a fruit fly epidemic. Um, and then on the flip side, if you hit the next slide, there are fruit fly remedies, right? <laughs> So in our house, I went online on YouTube, Googled it uh, for the best fruit fly remedies. And there's all kinds, right? There's the cone method into a jar. And all of them have one thing in common. You have something sweet like fruit or uh, apple cider vinegar um, in a container of some sort. And the idea is that the odor of the sweetness draws the fruit flies in. Instead of to your garbage or to your yard waste, they go into this jar and get trapped. There's cones. Uh, there's ones that have plastic on top and you poke holes. You have to have a little tiny hole because they can get in, but they can't get out. Uh, this one over here actually uses the piece of fruit as the cone opening uh, to draw in into the jar. Um, but I discovered the ultimate. The ultimate is you don't need a cone, right? You don't need a plastic cover with little holes in it. All you need is a jar, right? And you get some apple cider vinegar, pour some in there, and then the trick is you just get a little dishwashing soap and put a couple dabs 
into the vinegar. And so they'll go in, right? They'll just go in, go in, but then they'll, they'll get stuck. The dish, uh, the, dish, the dish soap will somehow capture them and they'll fall, right? And so like the fruit flies, you may see one, but then in half a day you see many. Um, the fruit, fruit fly trap um, is something to be patient and wait on. So when I first set my trap, I sat down, I tried to do time-lapse photography, right? And I looked at it, and nothing, nothing. 10 minutes go by, 20 minutes go by, no fruit flies. I'm like, this doesn't work, right? And, but, so I decided, okay, I'll give up on that. I'll do my stuff, eat dinner, play with the kids, do some work, go to bed. But when I woke up in the morning, it looked like one of these. Hundreds of fruit flies just trapped in the jar, sinking in the vinegar, going, ah, we're sinking, we're sinking. And, and they were dead, right? There was nothing, and there was nothing, and then there was something. There was nothing, and then there was something, right? And this is what Jesus is talking about. As I tell my own parable, in this parable, he's saying the kingdom of heaven is like a man who scatters seed, right? And these seed are, and seed are small, insignificant, like a fruit fly, right? And the word here is actually, uh, the word for scatter is more random, right? It's not like a targeted, it's not the word sowing, which is used earlier in the chapter. Jesus uses earlier in the chapter. It's scatter. So he's not intentionally planting something. He's not targeting a location in the soil. He's just randomly scattering. He randomly scatters the seed. Then he goes to sleep. Wakes up the next night. The seeds have sprouted. And Jesus, the, and the parable says that the farmer doesn't know how they sprouted, how this grew. So somehow the earth just does it, right? It does it all by itself. First the stalk, then the head, then the full head of grain, and then you have the harvest. So you have itty bitty little small thing, insignificant, like a fruit fly, a nuisance. Time, 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 boom. Exponential multiplication, right? Full of life, teeming with life. In my case, uh, you have a fruit fly trap, right? Nothing is happening. And nothing's gonna happen as long as you look at it. There's nothing you can do with the trap. You can only pour the vinegar, set the trap, right? There's nothing more that you do. You don't emit the aroma of sweetness mixed in with the vinegary acidic smell that draw, you don't draw in the fruit fly, you don't sing to the fruit fly, come into my Motel 6, right? <laughs> None of that. You don't control anything. You cannot micromanage once you've set the trap, you cannot micromanage it. You don't change the temperature. You don't move it to different places. You just let it be. You don't watch it, you go away. And when you come back, boom! There's your fruit flies sinking and drowning. Maybe this is what wasn't the best image. <laughs> but the point of the matter is, we, the kingdom of heaven is like, 
When Jesus tells his parables, what are parables? Jesus told parables to convey the way of God's kingdom to those who would follow him. As a story, right, as a form of narrative, Jesus' parables were not simply morality stories, moral stories. They weren't formulaic. They weren't concise or direct or even clear, right? In fact, Jesus' parables were purposely obscure in a way that only those who pursued, who questioned, who inquired, yes, only those who followed up on the parable and followed Jesus could understand and embody the message. So a parable is, in my favorite word and favorite image, a Jesus inception, right? A Jesus inception. It's a small seed or idea that has DNA, a DNA for kingdom ethos, the DNA of how the kingdom of God, how God rolls, right? The power of the kingdom in this little bitty word, in this little bitty story. It's a small seed planted in the hearer's mind. And then that seed resonates, right? And if the hearer pursues it and questions and asks questions, right, and struggles with it and wrestles with it, that seed begins to take root and it grows bigger and bigger and bigger until it actually takes root into the heart, right, and begins to transform the heart and soul and becomes the follower's way of life. It becomes your actual way of life from being mere words that enter your ears to being uh, a way of life. It's Jesus' aroma of sweetness that draws us to the pool of life. Except we're not fruit flies and we don't die. We actually receive life, right? Oh, maybe you die, but in your death you receive new life. Amen? Amen. Um, So that's what parables are, and that's what we're going to be talking about in this next series. And um, this small little story um, is actually set probably in a larger section that's uh, kind of bookmarked on both ends by verse 11, uh, where it says, Jesus says to those who are gathered around him and the twelve, to you have been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything comes in parables. So there's a, a mysterious element, right? And there's an inside and outside in terms of who can understand these parables. And in context, Jesus is on a boat once again in Mark, and he's teaching the crowds. Um, And he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. Verse 33 and 34 on the other side, the other bookmark, bookends, conclude the section uh, with Jesus saying, with many such parables, he spoke uh, the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. Right? So you have kind of this sense of mystery. It's unknown. There's a secret, but it's been given to the 12 gathered around him. And then he continues to speak these words, these parables, these stories to them. Um, and he only spoke in parables. But in private, he goes to his disciples and explains everything. He reveals it to them. So there's some sense of 
in order to fully understand these little stories, these narratives, um, requires being a disciple, right? It requires a relationship with Jesus. And I think, I think that's a profound truth in how we approach scripture in general, right? The word of God in my iPhone, in an app, right? Is alive and breathing, right? It's not just text, right? And sentences and words that we, that we just read and understand, right? When I give a sermon, when we're sitting here, um, and in some sense, I feel like I'm randomly scattering words, right? Like, I don't know, right? Is, is anything happening? Probably not. I don't know, right? But my calling as pastor and preacher, the very essence of it is to trust the process, right? To trust that the spirit is moving and whatever I say, it takes a hold, right? There's an inception that the spirit God is putting in his word in each of us that gains new life, right? And takes a life of its own within us. And so... Um, the word of God is alive, right? And it requires to go deeper, right? For it to take root and to grow into something more, it takes a relationship. It takes discipleship, right? We're not just hearers. We're not just knowledge gainers. We're lovers, right, of Jesus. We want to know more. We're like, wait a second. What does that mean? Wait a second. Wait a second. What does that mean for my life? What are you saying to me, God, in this? What are you speaking to us as a community? What do you want to do among us through your word? Your word, right, does something in the community. That's why we go to small group. That's why we have Bible studies. That's why you talk to your friends. You pray together with them. You pray scripture together uh, because the spirit is moving. And this is exactly what Jesus is talking about. Right? The kingdom of heaven is like a man, a farmer, who randomly scatters seed. He doesn't know how anything grows. He just goes to sleep, wakes up, it's sprouting. Right? Amazing. And when the crop is ready, he goes out. It's harvest time. Time to eat, people. Right? New life. So just breaking down the passage uh, a little more, the man scatters the seed. And like I said, the word here is not so as if the man had an intention or a target. It's a random throwing. And then also what you'll see is an up-down motion, right? The seed is scattered down to the ground. And then the man also goes down to sleep. The man rises and awakes in the morning, and the seed has grown up. The seed has risen and sprouted. The farmer doesn't know what, how this happened. Maybe it means two, one of two things. Maybe it means he's ignorant of the actual life growing process, uh, but he puts on his boots, takes his lunch pail to work every day, and trusts the natural growth process. He doesn't know, but he goes to work. Or maybe it means that the man didn't even know he had scattered the seed, right? He, he's got a bag and there's He's got a pail. There's a hole in my bucket. Dear Liza, dear Liza. There's a hole in the sack, right? And the seed's just going out as he's walking along. He's like, oh, 
totally oblivious to it. He wakes up the next day. What? Oh, I didn't know. How did this happen? Right? It could be totally out of ignorance. Right? He didn't know how it grew. Either way, uh, the farmer plays a small, if not accidental, role in planting the seed. But ultimately, another force, another controlling dynamic of life takes over. It takes over and grows exponentially in size and complexity to become a harvest, a harvest of life, a harvest that is self-replicating and produces even more seed, other seed, with the same DNA that can themselves sprout and multiply. The harvest is good, and either way, we are grateful for a harvest. It is a miracle of growth. The earth did it all by itself, the stalk, the head, the grain. It's the elusive perpetual motion, right? It's perpetual life. You can't capture this power. You can't harness it. You can't bottle the essence of it and sell it, right? The essence of creation and life. You can't micromanage the kingdom of God, right? God is gonna do through the Spirit, Holy Spirit, what he's gonna do, right? Sometimes we're just watchers. Sometimes we accidentally stumble upon it, right? Didn't Jesus say the kingdom of heaven is like a man who accidentally stumbles upon a treasure hidden in a field, right? You either have intentionality, sometimes you have accidents, right? You stumble upon it, and yet the kingdom of heaven grows and new life and expands. So what do we glean? <laughs> glean. <laughs> what do we glean from this parable? Now that I said you can't, you know, take black and white meaning out of it. I'm going to give you some answers. No, just kidding. <laughs> In the kingdom of God, we play a small role, right, as vehicles, as delivery mechanisms. Maybe it's random or even accidental. You're like that happy bee bzz, 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 that ends up pollinating the world, right? Just because the pollen sticks on your legs. Or you're the person that uh, stepped on poo, right, a piece of <laughs> And now the whole house is poo infested, right? Either way, we delivered, right? We carried the essence of the kingdom, the beauty of God into the world. In another parable, Jesus says God's kingdom is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds. We see here that something obscure, something raw and simple, grows to something amazingly large and life-giving. Many can feed from the harvest. The farmer does not know how this came to be. We are ignorant, folks. We're ignorant. God's kingdom is mysterious. It's mystery. We don't control it. We don't micromanage it. We can't claim, yeah, you know, I did that. We can't conjure life out of thin air on our own. We need to honor the mystery. We honor it through prayer, right, through stillness. We honor it um, in our ministry by saying that I don't do this, right? It's God, the Holy Spirit that does this. And it's us, we do it in partnership, that somehow when we come together, 
God does something in his church. The important vital factor is that there is a great power behind the scenes at work. God is at work through the spirit in the world, in the city, in individuals' hearts to grow something new and beautiful. And Christ's followers participate in this transformation. Followers of Jesus pursue the inception and the word is planted in us and mysteriously grows larger and larger, taking root and expanding into so much more within you, bringing healing, change, redirecting the course of your life, bringing up new hope, new life. It's alive. Or how about in evangelism or witness? God is at work in your friends' lives even before you cared about the eternal destiny, their eternal destiny, even before you thought about how you could love your neighbor and share your faith with them. Maybe something random, something you accidentally did or said sparked something, a seed in another person's heart and is now taking root and growing into life. And you're completely oblivious of it. Maybe you'll never know. There is nothing futile, nothing random, nothing too silly, too stupid to be within the realm of this is how the kingdom of God is. It's working. It's moving. It's real. We move in faith in this mystery, this unknown realizing how small a piece we really are. And yet we are participating in something enormous in the world, exacting change changed lives, hearts transformed, communities renewed. Uh, so as we go through this Jesus parable series, I invite you to step in more deeply. These are not just stories in a museum. Uh, like these are, the, oh, these are these fables back then in the Jesus times. Oh, awesome, that's nice, right? <laughs> Jesus' parables are an invitation to more, to a relational dynamic, to relationship with a savior. They say, come and see, ask questions, let the words take root, pursue, read more, pray more, study more, go to small group, be random. Oh, this is the next point. Be random. <laughs> I like this because I like to be random all the time. And somehow, hey, stuff is growing. <laughs> be random. I'm like a strategist nightmare. Scatter, scatter, scatter. And anyone who, who I lead, I'm a nightmare to them, right? Ah, be random. Scatter, scatter, scatter. If you knew that on your birthday, and only on your birthday, right? You knew 100% that on your birthday, whatever money you bet on something, you would get back tenfold. You knew, without a doubt. Right, would you be staying at home? No, I'd be going to Snoqualmie, right? And betting online, right? <laughs> betting at, at Vegas. I mean, I, I wouldn't if I would. I'm a pastor, I don't do that, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do, no, I don't. Um, cut, edit. Um, but if you knew that, you would be going to the slot machines, you'd be going to the blackjack table, you'd just be scattering your chips all around because those 
chips that you scatter, they're multiplying, they're multiplying. You just be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you just make more and more and more and more. Right? You throw those chips everywhere. You'd hit the stock market and put your money down in anything. Stock, right? Penny stocks. Right? Microsoft, anything. Um, why did I say that? There are, oh, here we go. There are opportunities every day to scatter. The power of God has your back. So why do we worry about failure so much? Thinking about whether we should do it this way or we should do it that way. Not wanting to do things wrong. Afraid of looking stupid. Just scatter. 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 Just blurt something out. Just go and give a person a big hug. Right? Just stand up in a crowded cafe and shout, Jesus! See what happens. Right? I don't know. Something. And then just let it go. Just go to sleep. And watch that seed grow. Because a kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who scattered seed on the ground.